When your child is struggling, as a parent, you need support. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm at the 46th Annual Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium. This is in Colorado Springs, and once again, I get my hands on the experts. The men and women who are speaking at this conference, the, the, the other people having booths here, this is where all the experts in the industry of mental health and addiction and recovery gather to share the information they have, and I wanna get it into your hands. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Beyond Risk and Back. The media has been really intense and intent on convincing everybody that there's an opioid crisis. And there is. That's, that's, not a, that's not a lie. What's been missed throughout all of this is that there still is an alcohol crisis, that there still is a, a, a it's, it's one of many, is, is what I'll say. However, uh, one of the, the issues with the opioid crisis is that we are dealing with pain medications on a regular basis. Children are. Parents are. We get injured. Things happen. Kids skateboarding or kids snowboarding. Uh, and you're, there's a busted leg and the doctor's handing some things out. And there's still a level of irresponsibility around these pain medications that parents are going to need support navigating. I have Dr. Stephen Grinstead on here and he... Uh, spoke yesterday or today? Today. Today you did. Um, will. Today you will. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about pain management. We're going to talk about uh, the opioid crisis. We're going to talk about medications. Um, but we need to, we need to like bring this home to parents because there, there are pain meds in the home. So before we get into this, uh, doctor, please talk to uh my listeners about how you got here. What did what 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 did you do that ended you up in this position? Well, like many people who work in the addiction field, uh, I had my own issues with chronic pain and pain meds, and I have been free from alcohol and chronic pain since January twenty third, nineteen eighty one, and I've been working with people with chronic pain and coexisting disorders, including addiction, since nineteen eighty four. Okay, I've worked in all types of settings, uh, outpatient individual psychotherapy, uh, residential, the whole gamut. And, you know, it's been really a problem. And I started going out on the conference circuit in 1996, telling people, you know, let's do this differently. People are given medications when they really don't need them. You mentioned the opioid crisis, the opioid epidemic, but I call it an opioid syndemic. And what I mean by that is it's not just the opioids. It's the chronic pain and the coexisting mental health issues that people have, especially unresolved trauma. Now, for families, this is really crucial because it impacts the whole family. My new book, Thank You Adversity for Yet Another Test, I have a whole chapter on the family component and how family and friends need treatment every bit as much as the pain patients. In my practice, when I worked with uh, people who had children, one of the first tips I gave them was you need to go get a locked safe to keep your medications in and make sure nobody has the combination to it but you. And a lot of them were resistant to that. In one of the clinics, several of the clinics actually I consulted with, they had people bring in proof that they had these safes before they were prescribed. I'm going to back up just a second to something you just said, which I think is, it's kind of a duh, like, like, but, but 
one of the duh things that we experience in the industry is that there, there are things that the professionals in the industry know for about 10 years before uh, it starts to get passed on to, to families and yeah. parent, parents. And then about three years after that, uh, we all start talking about how we do it in our practices. Right. <laughs> but we've known it for so long. And it's one of the reasons why I come to these events to get people like you to tell my listeners who are the last to hear the information that you and I have. They need to be the first because they're the ones who are dealing with it yesterday, today, and tomorrow while we're here teaching each other stuff we've all thought for the last 10 years. And what, what you just said is so huge, where you talked about the co-occurring mental health or unresolved trauma issue with opioid abuse. Everybody is focused on the opioid abuse, but what we know in the industry is what makes abuse so readily and, and, and uh, uh, so, so, so powerful is that it numbs out this emotional pain that we've been living with. And many people aren't medicating the physical pain anymore. That, yes. They're medicating the psychological, emotional piece. That's the, yes. And that's a, that's a dead-end street. And it leads to pain and trauma. You know, over the past few years, at least 50 people a day are dying from prescription opioid overdose. And some of those are intentional. Some, many of them are unintentional. You know, we've got to get the word out. We've got to reevaluate this biomedical model they talk about for right. chronic pain. Pills, shots, procedures, surgeries, and do a more holistic approach, a body-mind-spirit approach, and to make sure to involve family and friends in the treatment process. And for people who have chronic pain, it impacts your children. It really does, and you need to set good examples. You've got to show them that you need to be doing more than just taking a pill to deal with life. You've got to look, work in your physical self, your psychological self, your social interactions with friends, family, and community, and most importantly, the spiritual component. When your, your kiddo has a skateboard accident, a snowboard accident, off the air, you said they go to the dentist. Like, like these are places that kids are getting their hands on pain pills. Right. You know, the doctor's passing them out. Um, what's, a, what's a parent going to do in those moments when the doctor says, here's some fill let's, in the blank? Let's talk about this. Because I've had many dentists, orthopedists, and everybody offer me meds. And I says, wait a minute. Is there other alternatives that don't have the baggage and side effects that are still good for analgesic pain relief? Right. And the research is really clear. You know, things like over-the-counter ibuprofen or acetaminophen, which is Advil and Tylenol, uh, work just as effective in many cases as the hydrocodones, the Vicodins, the Percodins. And unfortunately, up until recently, it's just been a given. You come into the emergency room, to the dentist procedure, uh, to your family care doc, and say, oh, I have this back pain. Well, let me give you this let me script. Give you some stuff. And they don't even look at treating the person holistically. They don't look at what else is going on in the person's life, biologically, psychologically, socially, and spiritually. They don't work with the whole person. What we've developed over the last 20 years is a symptom management chronic pain. And we've just been blanketing it. We haven't been dealing with the root cause of the pain. In many cases, it's an unresolved trauma history. It's self-medicating for ha being in a bad relationship, having stressful family, stressful job, uh, whatever it is. And 
taking that medication makes everything all better. Everything. Everything. Your hurt arm from falling on the on the slopes and the fact that you've been bullied at school. Yes. And it goes away. The knots go yeah. away. You know, I have a personal story about that at age 12. I grew up in a family system that focused around alcohol. I mean, both generations, alcoholism, back generations, right, on both sides. At a, I was the oldest of nine boys living in Pueblo, Colorado, and... I never forget this. We're out playing sandlot football with my cousins and friends, and I fell and hit my lower back on a concrete post. Okay. They rushed me to St. Mary Corwin Hospital Emergency Room. Now, they were very familiar with the Grinstead boys because one or more of us was there all the time. <laughs> and so what I came away from that, I don't, I don't know what they injected me with, but it stopped that physical pain. It was probably Demerol looking back. Looking back, sure, Demerol. But I don't, will never forget, they sent me home with a prescription of Tylenol Codeine 3. Yeah. Now, I'm the oldest of nine boys. I was the super responsible, and when Dad made me in charge when he had to travel. And if my brothers got in trouble, not only did they get punished, and we're talking corporal punishment, so did I for letting them get in trouble. I was always stressed out, freaked out, uh, all kinds of problems. And then when I went home and I took that first dose all of a sudden, my world changed. I was at peace. Wow. And for the next several years, I was on a mission. And then a year later, I found out. I kept seeing this uh, warning on the bottle. It says, do not use alcohol with this medication. And one day, I saw the fine print. Most people see the fine print, and they say, wow, I really can't drink with this. I saw the fine print, which said, alcohol may intensify the effect. And it was game on. <laughs> And I tell you what, it took a long time. And ironically, it took my daughter talking about me uh, taking my pain pills at dinner and washing it down with a bottle of wine and then getting really silly. And for some reason, the school counselor thought that was a problem. And that was in 1980. Wow. And I tried it my own the first year. You know, I, sure. I promised everybody, I'm, I'm a Marine, I'm a martial artist, I can use willpower and self-discipline. But January 22nd, 1981, I found out that didn't work. Oh. And so ever since then, that was my spiritual and physical, emotional bottom. And I have been uh, very grateful ever since. One of the things that I have found that I have to do, and, and because you know every year we might have to change insurance plans for the business or for the employees, they'll request. And you go to these doctors who they've never met you. This is your third time going in a year. They don't know who you are. They haven't read your file. But the moment they sit down, they say, what brings you in today? I spill out and I say, before I can stop myself, I'm an addict. Don't give me pain pills. Okay, my name is Aaron. And then I've got, and I go in because I need them to know out of the gate that I am always looking for a reason to numb the mental anguish. And yes. the moment they know that, when they then say, do you need something for pain management? We're on the same page that I'm going to say yes when I don't need to. Yes. And I need to say no first. Yeah. And that's one of my, my tricks that I use. Let's and go. that's a very good trick. Yeah, I, but I have to like, but I'm an addict, <laughs> you know, before I say anything else. Because if I let that one slip and slide, I'm a hide. And once I'm hiding, I'm, I'm, I'm lying and I'm, and I'm secrets. And I am only as sick as my secrets. Yep. So let's, let's get back to, to the parents. So, so you come out of the dentist office. 
You've already talked about the safe. That's a that's a big deal, you know. And and you being a marine, this this idea of gun ownership and everything. The idea that hey, th- it's going to be the law or could be the law that if you own a gun, you own a safe, and you've got to prove one before you get the other. Right. I think that's brilliant. Because, Absolutely. Because access is as big of a problem as the mental health piece. So and curiosity and access for teenagers is uh, amazingly phenomenal. <laughs> they are cats, and the curiosity is yep. going to kill them. That's right. right. Um, so so. So now we've got this, uh, I'd like to give you some paid meds. What do you have for a safe? And we have a safe borrowing plan through our doctor's office and all kinds. What else can parents do the moment the dentist, the doctor is saying, or the physical therapist is saying, I think we need to get on some pain management. For the children are you yeah, talking about? for the about? children. So one of the things is the parents hold and dispense the medication exactly as prescribed. And what if the kids complain and saying it really hurts right now? Well, I'm sorry, but the doctor said you can only have it every six hours. But, Mom, Google says that... I understand what Google says, and you need to follow directions, and let's try some other things. This is what I educate families about, is there's many other things people can do. For a lot of pain, ice works really well. Uh, Over-the-counter acetaminophen or ibuprofen, you know, that's the other thing you want to talk to the kid's doc about. Are there other non-addictive solutions that I can give in between if it starts wearing out between doses. We'll get back to our guest in just a second. I got to make a quick shout out to two organizations that have really helped out Fire Mountain and Beyond Risk and Back at our booth here at the Winter Symposium. First is Guayaki Yerba Mate. They have given us cases and cases of this amazing incredible drink to hand out to other people to get people in the industry of mental health and addiction to understand the benefits of guayaki yerba mate and brain recovery brain building i could i could spend an entire episode which i did by the way with one of the co-founders david carr so go listen to that beyond risk and back episode and you can always Google benefits, scientific benefits, scientific research behind yerba mate, and you will understand why we give this drink out to people in the industry. This is a hidden gem that is getting more and more popular. So please support us being supported by Guayaki Yerba Mate and go pick yourself up a can and get some for your teens. And then second, I need to thank Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium people themselves for letting us be here and broadcasting this show and helping us email all of the speakers to get the information that the 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 new cutting edge research in brain development addiction recovery mental health and i get to interview these incredible people and get their information into your heads parents so thank you to winter symposium and thank you to guayaki okay let's get back to our guest I think it's so, uh, I think the story you told doctor was such a powerful story because, and, and I, I don't know if, if any of the parents missed it, but this whole thing with you and pain meds, this started at 12. At age 12. At age 12. And that was the first time I smoked pot was at age 12. Like this, this, gets, this gets introduced at an early age and parents get to experience that with their own kids but how that just kind of roots in i remember what you said where you were like oh baby like it like intensifies it's game on and for me it was always about more and more yeah drug that, of choice is more my drug of choice that was my first word as an infant was more more and the first time i smoked pot i was like do you have any more like it's just i, I was home yeah 
Um, you, you, we, you were talking about off the air about some other holistic interventions that we can right. do for pain. Let's, let's cover those for parents. One of the things I do personally and I educate all my patients about, when you're going to a doctor and you start talking about pain management, said, we're going to put any opioids off the menu right now. We're going to look, what are some other things I can do? And example, some of the big ones for people is acupuncture, physical therapy, hydrotherapy, swimming, exercise. Uh, for people with chronic pain, motion is lotion. Uh, exercise, flexibility and mobility. Even when you don't want to, even you just need to be willing. You don't have to have wanting, just willing. You need to get your butt up, move, and everything's better. The other thing I teach people is when your pain is talking to you and it's, you're really into suffering, Stop everything. Start writing down everything you can think of you're grateful for. It's impossible to be in suffering and gratitude at the same time. So these are just some simple tips I teach my patients, but I also teach them how to train their medical professionals and tell them, you know, we were born and raised in a culture where MD meant medical deity and they knew what best, right. but we know what we need. And I want to work on the whole person, and I want to train my patients, especially when they have kids. They have got to be modeling more appropriate behavior than I did with my daughter, taking my pills and uh, washing them down with wine. That is so destructive for the kids because monkey see, monkey do. Right. So we've got to set better examples. So, oh, I'm having a bad day. You know, I think I'm going to go get a massage. I think I'm going to go for a swim. I'm going to start, go for a good walk. Uh, for me, I'm going to go spend some time with my 75-pound yellow lab. You know, <laughs> things like that. And be into gratitude. Start focusing on what I want, what I'm grateful for. Because we create what we focus our attention on. So if we're focusing our attention on suffering, we're going to get more suffering. There's a, uh, a little rift in our industry, mental health addiction industry, about the use of marijuana uh, for pain management. And some facilities, and I know some of the parents that are listening, kids might come to them with their Google research saying, you know, they're using marijuana and I could get marijuana instead of opioids and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on, on this. My thoughts on it, especially from looking at some of the research from Europe and everything, is one of the products that have come across is CBD sure. with no or low dose THC sure. has proven very effective. Matter of fact, my wife got some because she has a torn meniscus, and it really helps her because she's also in recovery. But now that's not for the pain. That's for the inflammation, correct? It also helps with the pain okay. because if you deal with the inflammation, that's what acetaminophen, it, that's true. what ibuprofen does. It, it's an anti-inflammatory. Sure. And so it does manage the pain, but yes. there's different pain receptors that need different interventions. Okay. So, so with some of the, uh, and of course, there are adult facilities that are, that are lit literally using the THC, not just the CBD. And, I, and I'm, I'm a deep believer in the, in the CBD products, and it, and it can be made very, very potent without any THC in it whatsoever. But what about the, the literal use of THC in a transitionary phase for, uh, for opioid uh, addiction. I think it's like telling a cocaine addict you can drink alcohol. It's wrong. It doesn't work because it stimulates that dopamine circuit, the craving cycle circuit, and you end up with one of two results. You go back to your original drug of choice or you start having problems with a new one. It's not safe. Okay. 
Okay, let's uh, let's get on to uh, your book. Talk about your book. This is a new release. Yeah, and the title I chose was "Thank You Adversity for Yet Another Test," <laughs> and this came from personal trauma. Sure. I mean, uh, I was. Uh, co-founder and chief clinical officer of a residential triple diagnosis chronic pain program, and our investors didn't think we were making them enough money, so they closed it. And that was in October of 2018, and I went into a deep, dark place. Then I remembered Sensei Kim's words about, when life hits you with adversity, be grateful. And he reminded us that in the Chinese calligraphy, there's two brushstrokes for adversity. One is crisis, the other is opportunity. opportunity. So what I did after about a month of grieving and getting through it was I decided to write my new book. So I spent a whole year, me and my dog went to the Camarillo Public Library every day for three to four hours. And I spent a whole year writing this book. Had it published, it came out on November 10th. Ironically, November 10th is the Marine Corps birthday. So I found that really special. And it's been very well received. And it's good for not just clinicians, it's more for patients and family members of patients. And it's, it's been, I've been getting a lot of good reviews on it from uh, people living with chronic pain, from family members who read the chapter to the family. And it's been very well received. I've had a lot of uh, healthcare professionals contact me and want to learn more about it because they want to include some of that into their practice. Where where can people find it? Are you your Amazon? I, I'm going to drive people to my website. Okay, great. And it's dr like doctor Steve Grinstead. That's G R I N S T E A D. It's like instead with a grin in front of it. And dot com. So if you go there on the home page, you'll get to see my book trailer. And there's buttons that you can go to my publisher, Book Locker, and uh, you can absolutely get it there. It comes available in paper or e. Fantastic. Uh, break a leg at your talk today. Thank uh, you. I hope it goes well. Thank you for your service, by the Thank way. You. And uh, thanks for being on Beyond Risk and Back. I appreciate your information. For Aaron, it was a pleasure. Uh, parents, get out there, get to his website, and uh, get a hold of his book. Thanks so much for listening. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much for joining me, parents. Please remember to give us a listen, a like, a subscribe, and share us with your friends, other parents who need the support. I have a few people I'd like to thank. First is Frazier PR. I'd also like to thank Your Cause Consulting. And I need to give a shout out to Deepin Productions. As always, thank you to Mental Health News Radio for hosting this show. And I'd like to thank Guayaki. Guayaki has sponsored our booth here at the Winter Symposium. And of course, all my fans everywhere, all over the world, thank you so much for making Beyond Risk and Back a number one parenting podcast. Remember, parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. I'll see you next week.